Hi guys and welcome back to the Average Pundits podcast, your home of all things Premier League. As always, back at it again, talking to you about the Premier League and what we've... Uh, it's been an interesting little, little, little match again. There were quite a few big results. Um, I got to see United win, which was unexpected because, you know, I was fully expecting to see, you know, a sacked manager and, you know, a bunch of crying United fans. But, you know, we, we hold on another week. Um, we've had some other pretty interesting results, which we will quickly discuss before we go into the topic. Uh, as always, I am joined by Reese. How are you doing, Reese? Uh, not bad, not bad. I mean, very underwhelming in terms of football for on my end this week. But uh, apart from that, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, been an okay week, hasn't it, for football? Uh, very, very surprising on some results. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was I was expecting Man City and Liverpool to be a little bit more fruitful, like you said, but a one-all draw there. Um, elsewhere, we saw Chelsea beat Sheffield 4-1, a good result for Chelsea. Same result over at Palace with Leeds. Very controversial cause of VAR once again. If you haven't seen our VAR podcast, we have got a couple out now. Go back and check them out because we do discuss our own opinions of it and they are definitely colourful opinions. Um, but the most interesting result of the weekend that we both found and was worth talking about was Aston Villa's 3-0 beating of Arsenal, 3-0 thrashing of Arsenal. An Arsenal team which beat United the week before in a you know pretty underwhelming game, but a good performance from Arsenal. And then looking completely just all over the place against an Aston Villa team, which, I mean, we're, we're, we're there at now. We said it, didn't we? We both said they were going to go down. We both said that. Yeah, I mean, I just didn't really see it happening, to be honest. So I, I, don't, I didn't think that, you know, some things that we're going to go on to later to, to, to discuss later on. I just didn't think they would string together this much form. I didn't have much faith in uh, the manager. I don't have much faith in the captain. In fact, I don't really like the captain, to be honest. But um, I don't know. I just didn't think of it. As, as I think it was more wishful thinking that I was hoping Villa to go down. And uh, I mean, to be honest, I wish they'd have gone down last season. It, say, it would have saved Liverpool some embarrassment this season. So, um, yeah, yeah it's it, it, it definitely leaving me speechless and, and quite shocked to see Villa in this much form, to be honest. Because yeah, it wasn't long ago we were obviously talking about Aston Villa's incredible 7-2 defeat of the, of the Premier League champions, Liverpool, which... Incredible. Again, <laughs> incredible. <laughs> uh, it's still, again, just an absolutely incredible result. One of, the, one of the best results in the past decade of Premier League football. Just a real interesting, uh, real interesting game. We've had a 7-2. We've had a 6-1. If you want to count. On the same weekend. On the same weekend, yeah. As well. Only only Liverpool. They had, they had to do United, didn't they? They had to do it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, Aston Villa is going to be the topic of discussion. And, and like I said, me and Reese both did predict them to go down. I believe I predicted 18th. I think they did. Yeah. What I predicted. And did you predict them going to finish at the bottom? I predicted them to finish rock bottom. But uh, I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon. Unless they just don't win any more games, which... I'm not going to be too bummed about, which means that yeah, they might finish dead last and happy days for predictions. <laughs> I was going to say, at the moment with the current run of form, it's just not looking like it, is it? I mean, I think last season we were both, um, we, 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 we watched the entirety of the Premier League season and we, we, we saw a Villa constantly fluctuate in and out of that bottom three and some just underwhelming performances after underwhelming performances with like a f- two or three standout performers. I think obviously the captain, Jack Grealish, is the saving grace. And then you had John McGinn, in my opinion, and you also had Tyrone Mings. I think they were the three last season. Um, 100 million spent last season. And that's where they were. They just clung on to Premier League. 
And when you're spending that kind of money, obviously you're a big, you're a big club. Aston Villa are a big club. They are, they are a massive club in England. Um, and when you get to the Premier League, obviously you're playing with the playing with the big dogs at that point, and you need to just literally put it all on the table and and, and just prove why you're in that league. But very wealthy owners too. Yeah, yeah, exactly, hundred percent. And and it didn't work out last season. And the most heavily criticised person around the club at that time, I think, was probably Dean Smith. And now it all seems to be working out for him. I mean, I don't know what you feel is is has, has changed. I mean, obviously something struck a chord at the moment. I don't know, to be honest. Well, you know, if you look at Dean Smith, he was nothing but a bang average championship player uh, since at Leighton Orient, I think was the most of his career. And then, you know, he started his career at Warsaw, which is actually where he started his manager career as well. I, mean, I think it was like 2011 uh, in League One, um, where they finished 20th and then he finished 19th. And then he finished 9th and then like sort of was a bit bang average uh, and, and finished in 13th and 14th. Which is when he moved to, I think, I think he moved to Brentford uh, in the Championship, where where they finished ninth, tenth, and I think ninth in 2018. Uh, which is then where he moved to Aston Villa again in the Championship, just a bit further on. Um, and then in his first season, Aston Villa, he got them promoted to the Premier League just after the season where Villa, um, you know, were, were, were kind of short on the end, you know, losing. I think they lost to Fulham in the playoff finals. And uh, and yeah, uh, last season we saw them kind of scrape, uh, you know, relegation. I think a lot of people had, you know, by the end thought Aston Villa were going to go down. I don't think there was any saving them. Um, and yeah, they, they 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 hung on by I think it was one point. They hung on by one point last season. Uh, and you know, over the summer they spent seventy two million, uh, or round about that figure. And they are currently sitting in sixth. I know there's only been, you know, a handful of games. I think it was like eight, eight, seven or eight games. I think Villa have played seven games. They've got a game in hand because they started later. Um, but I think, I think whatever has happened over the summer, I mean, Dean Smith, again, I don't think he's more than your average championship or maybe average, you know, your Steve Bruce, Alan Pardew type manager at this rate. But Whatever's happened to this Villa side, it's it's definitely very impressive. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's been a clear ascension. I mean, you went through his managerial career and when he where he started and where he is now, and it's admirable, isn't it? Because it's it, it's the story, you know, ex, ex players going in, starting lower down, maybe not being handed like like for example the uh, the Frank Lampards and the Artetas being handed like top of the top of the range, you know, pro jobs straight away, you know, going lower working at the ranks, training in different leagues, because it's the experience, I mean, the championship, we've said it so many times on this podcast, it's one of the hardest leagues in the world. It really is. There's, there's, there's good football being played in the championship. And, you know, starting lower down and working your way up through the tier systems, it only improves you as a manager. So I've got to give him credit in that sense. But I mean, I'd, I think I'd agree with you. He doesn't, he doesn't stand out to me as anything special. Uh, he's definitely been getting some good results out of his players, which is obviously great to see considering, you know, how you know poor they were last season but I feel like if it was a club which maybe wasn't recently promoted he could have gone he could have gone last season and we could we might not have seen him seen him at the club especially if they would have gone down I don't think there was any saving him but he did keep him up so I think they were like okay we'll give you one more go but this season he has hit the ground running and you said uh, 72 million spent this summer 100 million the summer previous and we can see that in a little bit of difference of some of the signings you know last summer 
We saw, you know, I think Wesley was coming in, didn't it? Wesley came into the club. Was Mings Wesley, in that season or the season before? I think Wesley, season before. Tyron Mings was on loan, but then they purchased him uh, last season yeah. when they came up. Yeah. Um, then also they brought in Samata, Marvellous Nakamba, um, yeah. a lot of players that they aren't really great. Uh, but this season they've spent well, to be honest, haven't they? Yeah, no, they definitely have. I mean, and it's been calculated signings. Well, you can see that. I mean, definitely one of the bigger risks. Uh, I remember we went over to the uh, Total Sport YouTube channel. If you haven't seen those guys, go check them out. But we did a football video with them. And I know a lot of the guys there were raving about Ollie Watkins and saying, you know, he was a, a really interesting signing. And he was obviously a great player for Brentford. And, uh, you know, definitely worthy of the Premier League at some point in his career. Definitely worthy to come up, but... There were question marks there, wondering, is it the right time? You know, have Villa taken a bit of a risk here? Because it was a big fee they paid. But, I mean, he's looking like he's finding his feet. And, you know, considering last season, that striker position was such a troubling area for them. They obviously had the talent in Jack Grealish who could provide goals and assists, but assisting to who? You know, there was no one really there on the end of, on the, end of the ball. So now he's got someone with a bit of class and a bit of hunger for the Premier League. Um, did he net twice against Arsenal on the weekend? You know, he's, I think it's, it's once or twice he netted against Arsenal. And, and you're starting to see now where they went wrong last season. They've, their soundings are a little bit more calculated. But Ross Barkley on loan. Not, Ross Barkley's not a terrible player at all. Not a terrible mm-hmm. player, but just I think a little bit, when you go to a club like Chelsea, I think you, a big fish in a, you know, small, maybe a small fish in a big pond, you can kind of get lost around a little bit because there's so many good players there come down the league a little bit and all of a sudden you find your foot in and you're looking like a real star man and he's been looking very good since joining Aston Villa been very impressed and then yeah. obviously the other big one for me was it probably Emmy Martinez and I think that kind of speaks for itself I mean he was by far you know he's a very very good Premier League goalkeeper and I think that was a, it was a coup I think it was a great signing from from Villa they saw the opportunity and they took it and fair play to them they've got themselves a good player yeah, I, th- I think another one that went kind of went under the radar as well this season was Matty Cash from Nottingham Forest. I think that's a very good signing for him. I think he's one of, one of the leaders. Uh, he was very good in the championship last year, and I think he's. I think the way the Villa and they also signed Bertrand Traore from Leon too for about sixteen million pounds, and I think I think that Villa have just spent way smarter. They haven't gone okay. We've got big big money. We're here to play. We've gone okay. We've spent smart. And we're here to play. So I think with Wesley and, and those sorts of players, they were, they were buying players based on what they had experienced before. And that's the slower, methodical pace of the Premier League with the big you know, Lukaku type and Benteke type strikers that they've had in the past. And that just doesn't work in the Premier League, uh, I'm afraid, for, for, for Villa. So this season they were like, you know what, we're going we're gonna to keep up with the pace of the Premier League. They've got a, a natural-born playmaker like Jack Grealish. Who's going to dish the ball out to? Some pacey wingers. I mean, they already had uh, Trezeguet in the squad as well, who plays on the right. Uh, they're playing Jack Grealish out on the left, uh, and they just needed that really fast striker to, to play in behind the defence. And and the the high lines that the big teams are playing, like Liverpool, were easy to take advantage of when you've got that pace and agility uh, up front with Ollie Watkins. So I think it was just a, them buying very smart this season. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it, literally, like buying smart. They, they, they looked at it, they were more methodical, they thought, okay, here's where we were failing, let's directly improve on that. And, and Jack Grealish, again, a, a player, we, we, again, we, we've, we've sung his praises before, and it wasn't long ago we were 
talking about the inevitable transfer of Jack Grealish, Villa going down, Jack Grealish leaving. Um, for quite a while, looking like Tottenham was the destination. Then it was looking United was nailed on, but there's also there's Chelsea that are poking around for him. And it seemed to, towards the end, it seemed more United, didn't it? It definitely seemed more United. Spurs early on, I think, and then more United towards the end. And do I think those talks happened 100%? I think I feel like he was very much out the door, but then they stayed up. And I think he was like, okay, I'll, I'm going to give it more. Maybe against his better judgment, he might have felt at the time, but he was like, you know what, I'll give it one more go. Because he, he's, he's a Villa guy, isn't he? You know, he's, he's been at the club for a very long time. The fans love him. The Blues fans hate him. You know, he, he lives and breathes the, the, the Birmingham football culture. And we've only just recently seen him being rewarded for that in the England squad. Well, by a manager who doesn't really play him as much, but, you know, controversial. But um, definitely a player which deserves to be on that stage. But, I mean, and obviously the, the talking point of last summer, one of the talking points, and the, one of the best signings of the summer, in my opinion, in the Premier League, was tying Jack Grealish down to a five-year deal which is either incredible business in the sense that you've managed to convince him to stay or it's tactical and it's like, okay, we'll get a bit more money out of him when he does go. But if Villa keep up these kind of performances and they're finishing a high end of the table, I mean, what is he going to want to go? You know, he, he could quite happily make a career at Villa if they're going to keep playing this standard of football. But do you feel that Jack Ridge is still at risk of leaving the club? Even now, even with the good performances, do you still feel like if the move came in, the money came in, he could potentially be gone? With good performances, I don't think so. Um, I think if he was playing for a Villa, t- Villa side, um, competing for European football every single year, I don't think so because their owners would be smart about it because they've been smart this season and they're building the team around Jack Grealish finally. They're getting players for him to play with. And that, that, that's a key. That's, a, that's so key from Aston Villa's management and, and what Dean Smith can bring forward and if they can bring in more managers because... The higher that they finish at the table, if they if they finish in sixth, they are going to attract some big name players. Like they are gonna they're gonna be in contention for the Europa League, and that instantly just fires off a radar to all European clubs and all very promising European talent for them to come into the Premier League. And also, you know, there are, there are plenty of positions that this Villa side can can improve on, but it's it's that slow methodical pace of team building rather than their players is what's going to get them to, to the promised land, hopefully, for Aston Villa. I mean, you, you don't know for sure. They could end up bombing the rest of the season. But so far, it looks good. And I think Jack Grealish would be pretty pretty dumb to leave if Villa finished quite high this season. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think if there's a, a plan there, if the blueprint's there, and if it's evident on the pitch, you know, he's got, he's got no reason to want to go. I think European football is obviously the dream for a lot of high caliber players and you know that could it could be on the horizon for Villa but you never know he might want to get that a little bit earlier so I think the option's always there for him I feel like if he keeps up performances and he keeps true to his playing and, and you know because I mean he's matured so much as a player as well I think Grealish you know obviously there's a lot of the criticism uh, yeah, well it's a very good point to mention last week's podcast if you haven't seen it diving in simulation please go and check that out that's doing amazing numbers so thank you all for, for tuning in on that one but um, we spoke a lot about players who were potentially guilty of that. And Greenwich wasn't actually one who came up that, that, that regularly in that podcast. But there was, you know, a lot of stuff around Grealish going down a fair bit. He's definitely a tricky player who gets fouled a lot. But, I mean, you, I see just more confidence in his playing style now. He knows his own ability. He knows how good he is. And I feel like he doesn't, you know, doesn't need to necessarily resort to it. He can just kind of 
users' talent on the pitch. So without a doubt, Grealish, I think, is, is a huge asset for Aston Villa. Um, some of the other players that, that, we, that we said performed well this season, Ross Barkley, a new signing, Matty Cash, Emmy Martinez, it all represents, when the signings come in, they're doing well, it kind of suggests that there's a big culture change at the club as well. Was last season a wake-up call? Are they going to be able to keep this up? And obviously the title of this podcast is, are they overachievers or are they underdogs? At the start of the season, we both predict them to go down. So we didn't think they were going to be doing too good. The question I'm posing to you now, Rhys, it's, it's a tough one. On face right now, overachievers or are they underdogs? Um, I know what the preferred answer is from all Villa fans, but I'm going to give the opposite. I think they're overachievers. Um, I think they're overachievers in a, in, a, in a league table that the top six aren't doing well at all. Um, you know, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, uh, they're all doing pretty poor. Um, but then again, if we do dive into Villa's stats at this point, uh, Ollie Watkins has six goals a season. Jack Grealish has five, uh, four goals, five assists. Uh, a player that we actually haven't mentioned yet, who's been linked to many top six, well, top six sides, uh, John McGinn. Uh, he has a goal and four assists. Uh, not, uh, yeah, a guy that came in the season on loan, Ross Barkley, he's got two goals and one assist. Um, that, you know, as we did with the Harry Kane and Son uh, podcast a couple of weeks back, uh, that totals 13 goals and 10 assists. Now, let's compare that to Manchester City. So, there's four players I just totaled up there. Let's add two more on for Manchester City's. So, uh, Gabriel Jesus, Sergio Aguero, Raheem Sterling, Kevin De Bruyne, Phil Foden and Riyad Mahrez. Combined, have eight goals and five assists. Com- if you take out John McGinn and Ross Barkley and just leave Ollie Watkins and Jack Grealish by themselves, they still have more goals. Two more goals and other save assists. Podcast over, mic drop, done. <laughs> that's the, that, that, that's the, all the evidence you need. Aston Villa for Premier League champions, done. <laughs> that is incredible. Like, genuinely, like Watkins and Grealish on their own are carrying this Villa team. And I think it shows because Jack Grealish doesn't have to do as much of the work, but he's got more assists. So I think that it shows that Jack Grealish is, is willing to give up more of the ball if he's got the service there, if he's got the, the, you know, the finishing ability there, which Watkins has proven time yeah. and time again against Liverpool and Arsenal of all teams to prove himself against. And if this isn't a, a, an audition for an England call-up for Ollie Watkins... I don't know what is. Yeah. I mean, and right now, I mean, English strikers right now, I mean, I don't know what's going on. Just every, they're just loving it right now. But yeah, like 100%, I mean, if he keeps these up, it's almost undeniable. But I mean, I'll, I'll throw it back to, to, to my stance on the overachievers or underdogs. I'm, I'm going to agree with you in the sense of overachieving because we started off sticking to our guns and based on the season before, it's I, don't, I, I think it would be, crazy to say underdogs. I didn't think they were going to have a spectacular season, but they've had a very positive start. It's all about endurance in the Premier League, though, isn't it? It's the stamina of these clubs, because you see it time and time time again. They start off so well, or they could start off really slow and then peak in the middle, go down at the end. You know, it's, it's all about keeping the consistency, which is what we've seen, especially in the, like, the Klopp side, and, you know, uh, the, the Klopp's Liverpool over the years, and how agile they've become. And uh, to be fair, Klopp's teams, for quite a while, they haven't had too much depth either, which has been even more impressive. I think the same thing under Maurizio Pochettino when he was at Tottenham. 
we were seeing Cubs that much depth. We were just seeing freak agility and stamina on the pitch. And it's like, at some point, these guys have got to tire out. So I think if, if Aston Villa can keep it up, you know, I definitely think, more, like you said, more signings could be made to improve the squad. But it could be a very good, good end to the season for them. But I think I would agree that they are still overachievers for now, just because I didn't expect high things at the start of the season. So they are definitely exceeding my personal um, opinion of where they would finish right now. Um, I know there'll be plenty of Villa fans watching this who will be absolutely buzzing with their team's results, especially, you know, former guest Harry O'Neill, big Villa fan. Uh, shout out to him. So Very excited when we announce this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> very excited. Um, but I think one thing which is very important to remember with this kind of this kind of momentum that clubs get under is just you, you can't jump the gun, can you? Especially if you're a club which is outside of the top six, in my opinion, at the moment. Because the Premier League, again, time and time again, we always say on the podcast, most exciting league in the world, best league in the world, 100% stand by that. You never know what's going to happen. And like you said yourself, the Premier League top six this season, the traditional top six, have not been good. They have not been good. And Leicester, you know, Leicester Wolves, uh, Aston Villa, Southampton, Everton, there's been so many clubs which have been doing so well. West Ham as well. What a great start they've had. Um, so at the moment, I'd say it's anyone's league. I think a good question to pose, though, uh, what are your chances of Villa doing it? Do you reckon they could? Do you reckon it's ever in the tank? Is it, is, it, is it impossible to rule it out? Or could we see a, you know, a massive upset? Could we see Villa clinch that top spot? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, no, no, I don't think so. Um, yeah, all jokes aside, I, think they've got, I don't think they've got the squad depth uh, in order to run a full Premier League season. Um, Liverpool and Manchester City just about do. Uh, I think if Manchester United are a couple of signings away from having that squad depth, they are... Well, Manchester United are a couple of signings away and a new manager away from having the squad depth to um, <laughs> to uh, having a Premier League title run. But I think there's only two teams in the league that do have that squad depth. Uh, it's strange to see that those two teams aren't doing as well as we thought. I mean, Manchester City sit in the bottom half of the table at the minute. Um, but I think I think that I don't think Villa have that squad depth. I don't think they have that much talent on on display. Uh, maybe if they do get some help. You know, a bit, a bit more cash. Uh, you, know, you know, in maybe January, a few more signings, and you know, yeah, we can we can talk if they're still in the top half of the table uh, when it comes to January and they and they make some more signings. I think that they can definitely push if they if they're in the top four by Christmas. I think they can definitely make a push for the Champions League, and they could be one of the biggest underdogs of the Premier League era, other than that Leicester team that won the Premier League, but. I mean, it's only time will tell because at the minute they they sit they sit sixth behind Chelsea, and they have the second best goal difference in the Premier League. They have I'm pretty sure there's a nine nine goal difference, mm. uh, which is also second best to Chelsea, who have uh, I think I think ten goal difference. Uh, I'm guessing that the three 0 against Arsenal and the and the and the, you know, the seven two against Liverpool probably help their case there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, ooh, just a little bit. Um, but I, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure. What, what, what do you think? Where do you see Villa kind of falling this year? It's all about that stamina, man. I think right now we're seeing the best of Villa that we've seen in a very long time. We're seeing an exciting Villa. We're seeing a, re, a regen Villa. Um, 
and they, they want to play for the manager, though. We can see that. You know, they want to go out and get the results for themselves and for the manager and for the club. And that's where you get the, the unity of the team. When they want to perform well, you'll get the big results out of them when they have the drive. So if the momentum keeps up, obviously we can see up till Christmas. If, they, if the results keep coming in, that's an upper table finish. You know, maybe top, maybe top eight. Maybe top eight. Big claim, we'll have to see. But um, we would love to know what you guys think. Obviously, this is a very uh, an exciting episode talking about a, a club which me and Reese are both uh, very interested in seeing the development of, considering we predicted mm. the same at the start of the season. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, we'd love for you guys to get involved. Um, as always, you can reach us on Instagram at The Average Pundits, on Twitter at Pundits Average. We've got Facebook at The Average Pundits as well. And you can get a hold of us at our email, business email at theaveragepundits at outlook.com if you want to come on the podcast or share any opinions. Um, we are also on Spotify and Apple Music. If you're listening to this on the streaming services, thank you very much. If you're watching this on YouTube, please give us a like and a subscribe. You know, we recently met our end of year goal ex- extremely early. We'd love to build on that. Um, and we are also both still fundraising, aren't we, Reese? We're still doing that. So... Um, wow. <laughs> so uh, when this comes out it will be uh be the 11th of uh, 11th of november so we've still got a fair bit of time until the end of the month that we're collecting donations uh we are um raising money for the charity mind a great charity that helping a lot of people out with mental health issues especially approaching the second lockdown they do the world of good so if you feel like donating uh we will leave links below to uh go and go and donate if you're watching on youtube um and if you're listening on streaming services you can find it on the youtube or you can find it on our um our social media platforms uh but as always thank you very much for joining me Reece. uh yeah no yeah it's, it's always fun to do these podcasts and also to to do this charity raising as well and you know as the week updates uh, as we first announced it uh, i think you can see the progress of our november journey uh, I still don't have any facial hair, and Joe is seemingly getting his nice, nice tash ready for the rest of the month. Whereas me, I'm falling behind, so I think the only result is going to come at the at the end of the month. But uh, yeah, my uh, I don't know how your legs are feeling after your running, Joe, but my knees are starting to wear and tear. Yeah, it's definitely grueling. It's definitely grueling. <laughs> um, but like you said, we, 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 it's, it's all for a good cause, and and you know, it's it's, it's a challenge as well. So. Like I said, if you guys have got a spare couple of coins in the bank, it would mean an awful lot to the uh, to uh, Mind as a charity. So thank you very much, as always, guys. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next time. P.S. Villa fans, don't think you're going to win the league.